0: Hi, my My name is Dawn Long. I started this podcast to share not only my story, but to share others' untold stories. To share the truth and journey of healing, so I can show you that it is safe to do the same. We are transforming and healing together. This show is about the heart centered transformation for you, for me, and the world. This is the Your Transformation Journey show, and this is our journey together. Let's begin. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of your Transformation Journey podcast. And today's guest is Sunny Yvonne Cleveland. And I appreciate you coming on. I know that with our current conversation that we were having, that some of the things that we're going to be talking about it's gonna be heavy for some people.
1: It so can heavy.
0: it can get heavy. So Sonny is a motivational speaker, coach, and activist. He is passionate about sharing his story to aid and inspire people to choose growth from adversary adversity because he has done that. And as a child, overcoming the course of five years, he has also been the repeated victim of sexual molestation multiple men, and we're going to get into that, I'm sure. And then it also led him to being an angry adolescent that saw him being incarcerated at the age of 16 for 18 years. And I'm Pretty going heavy. to tell you that as a parent that has an incarcerated loved one is a really hard road for a lot of parents and the people that are serving that time in our system
1: for some. Sure. Some parents. Yeah. Not for all. Some,
0: parents. Not all. And you're, you're not wrong on that. And I love that you're taking what has happened to you and turning it into something to help others.
1: I mean, if you don't, it's wasted time, right? It's wasted suffering. Yeah. It's wasted effort. You have to make it mean something. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I just want to applaud you for that because you could have took that and went a totally different direction. Well, I
1: did the first time. (laughs) So I've been on both sides of the spectrum.
0: (laughs) So let's let's talk a little bit about it. Let's dive into that. And I really want to ask, because I ask every guest this, is what was your decision to go on this path to help people because it's not easy to open up about these topics.
1: Well, it's not. I, I spent most of my life as an angry man um, taking every opportunity I could to lash out and hurt the world uh, in, in this twisted mindset that the world owed me something because I was a victim. And I came to learn. So I, I I came to my transitional moment, my transformational journey, if you will, uh, during a 19 month stint in solitary confinement. Um, I I met a Muslim man across the hall from me, and he used to call over to me when I first got into the hole. He used to call over to me, like, "Hey white boy, hey white boy, come talk to me," which is why I called my upcoming autobiography "Hey White Boy: Conversations of Redemption." And I was very resistant at first, um, cussed him out, called him every name under the sun. And, and then I was given a five year sentence in the whole 60 months. And, uh, I, I loneliness kicked in and I, you know, what, what do you want to talk about? And I'll never forget the okay. sentence that he said to me next was, why are you so angry? And I'm thinking, what kind of question is that, man? Why, what do you, because I'm in prison, I'm in the hole, my life sucks, you won't shut up. All these <laughs> things are contributing factors to me being angry. And he said, no, 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 white boy, that's not why you're angry, that's why you're mad. Mad is on the surface, anger is much deeper, you are an angry young man. And I didn't have a response, I didn't know why I was angry, and so I went and I sat and I thought on it for a long time. And I came to the conclusion, I'm angry because I've been a victim my whole life. And and when he started this, this transformational journey for me uh, by helping me to understand what, what emotional processing is and you know how to deal with pain and trauma and how to let go of the past and how to forgive myself, how to forgive others. And, and that's where it all started for me. Uh, when I learned, basically, anything that has happened, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't change it. And even if you could, what would you do about it? What what would I do as a victim to the four men that molested me? What would I do to them? And my initial reaction in that state of mind was, well, I beat them to a pulp. <laughs> and. Yeah. Okay, so let's say that you you beat them to a pulp. Then what? Well, I would feel better. I don't think that you would feel better, but it doesn't change the fact that you were molested, even if you beat them. Even If you beat them to death, you could stab them, kill them, shoot them, hang them from a rope. It doesn't change the fact that you were molested, does it? And it doesn't. It does not change it. And so by using it as a tool uh, to cause hurt and pain in the world. I am allowing myself to remain in that victimhood. I'm staying in it by choice. I'm choosing to stay a victim because I could just as easily turn around and I wouldn't do anything. I would smile and, and say, I forgive you. I hope you have an amazing life because what you've done to me is put me in a position to teach other people. You have given me an opportunity to work through a human experience, a traumatic human experience, and then come out the other side stronger and grow from it. And then I can teach people that might not know that this option exists as well. And I can teach them. And so when I came to that realization, yes, life is much better when you are kind and you forgive. The world will will reward you for that. And so obviously I've tried being the angry young man that that takes my my hurt and anger out on the world. And look where it got me. It's gotten me nowhere, sitting in this hole, talking to this guy. So why not try something different? And immediately, almost immediately, I felt better. I started to process this emotion. I started to work my life out in my mind and go through all the traumatic experiences that I had and realized that I don't need to hold on to that anger. I can let it go. There's no, there's no holding on to it only gives the victimizer power and takes the power away from me. I need to be a, a, a self-empowered individual and take that back. I can't change it. I'm not hurting now and it doesn't matter. And so when I was able to develop that mindset, I started to feel so much better, so much free on the inside. And, and that's what really kicked off the transformation for me. Yeah.
0: And that, that's a lot. And I'm glad that you have somebody beside you that asked what what is the root cause why are you and i think for a lot of us when it comes to breaking those generational patterns because you're breaking that whether you know that or not you're breaking it and for a lot of us we stay in that victimhood and that was one of the things i was asked when i uh got older one of the last conversations that i had with my mom she's going like you're the strongest out of all three of you and she's going like why she said what made you the stronger out of all three and i have two other sisters and i said because i determined i did not want what happened to me to keep me a victim because if i stayed in that then there was no way that I could change. There was no way I can change my life, my children's life and the people around me. And I really wish I would have learned that earlier Then I could have broke it earlier, but I have the tools but now. It wasn't
1: supposed to, you weren't supposed to break exactly. it. Exactly. Everything and that has ever happened in now. our life happened yep. for a reason. We are every single thing that has ever happened has put us where we are this exact moment. Had you learned it earlier, you may have taken a different path in life. The fact that you learned it when you did allowed you to gain that experience and has now put you in the position that you're in.
0: Yeah. And I wouldn't have met the people that I've met and I wouldn't trade that for the world.
1: Right. There's a silver lining to everything. If we look at it, it's this, the way that we choose to look, we have the ability to choose our perspective. Uh, and it all comes down to choice. Everything in life is a choice. Choice is defined as the existence of an experience and your response to it. And so we have the unique ability to choose how we respond to something. And, and we get that, that beautiful moment that says, I don't have to be a victim I was victimized, but to remain a victim is my choice. I don't have to, I use it. It's it's all part of this experience of life. Everybody has to experience life. Some of us have to experience trauma. Some of us get a silver spoon in our mouth. Some, some of us have parents that love us and, and take care of us and rear us properly. Some of us don't. Some of us get parents that are burdened by our existence. It's still a matter of our perspective of how we look at it.
0: Exactly. So talking about that, how did you learn to let go of that past trauma? Because you are on that path of really talking about that. What else did you do to learn how to let go of it?
1: Well, again, it comes back to the simplest answer that one can give for this is kindness. Right to To be kind in everything that you do. Is the answer to be all, like my mother? I still talk to my mother to this day. Uh, you know, I tell her that I love her. Um, however, uh, you were not there for me when I went to prison. You left state. She took off with, with her then boyfriend, um, and you weren't. She wasn't there for me at all in prison. She may have sent a a, a couple of cards every once in a while. I think she came to visit me once. There might have been a second visit. I don't remember. Um, In all 18 years. In fact, the second bit, there was not one visit on the second 12 years that I did. Um, And so, and it's my choice, right? It's my choice whether or not I hold that or harbor resentment for that. And there's also, there's the existence of boundaries. Some people don't deserve to be in your life um, because they're, all right, I need her to go. So, go. (laughs) It, it just drives me nuts. And it, it distracts me. I should have been better prepared. Um, and, and so it, it's my choice whether or not I choose to forgive my mother and realize that she's a human being too. She navigated the best that she maybe knew how. And I can't hold that against her uh, because nobody's perfect, everybody makes mistakes. Uh, or I could have harbored that resentment. I could have, and then I wouldn't have a mother at all. And so, what is the point? I, 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 for me, I see the opportunity to educate my mother. Right. Obviously, you weren't that burdened by your children being locked up because my brother was uh, was locked up as well, uh, and and you chose to leave state and not participate in what they were going through, and. You, at that point, were 35 years old. You had your entire life in front of you. You could have done whatever you want. And you're still a, a lonely and relatively unhappy human being. And my, my goal is to educate you. I don't want to hurt you. I'm not trying to show it in your face or make you feel shame. I'm trying to educate you so that you can live the rest of your life happy. Because whether you're happy or not is not going to affect me. I'm still going to live my life by my principles, by my virtues, by my values, and still see life through kindness, through the eyes of kindness. And that is what allows me to forgive as easily as I do a lot of people would hold that resentment towards their mother. I was molested by four dudes from the time I was five until I was 10. If one of my children get molested, you can guarantee it will never happen again. I am, if I got to tie my kid up in the basement and leave him chained down there with masks on and feed him bread and water, you're not going to get to my kid again. And so the, the absence of, of awareness is is something that people would hold their mother accountable for or their father even. And, and then again, it's my choice, right? I, I choose to see life through kindness. I choose to forgive because that's what kindness is. I don't need to hold resentment. I'm sure you're probably wrought with guilt. I don't need to do add any more to it. All I want to do is try to educate you so that you can have a sleepful night. Right. I don't, I, there's no point in, and, and if I harbor that resentment, it's only going to come back on me because then that's going to be stress, it's going to be sadness, it's going to be depression, and that's a choice. I'm yeah. choosing to allow those emotions to exist in here, and I, and I just choose not to. Yeah.
0: And it, it is important because people, you know, when I was looking back at all the things that my mom did, when we were growing up and I was going like, that was one of the things that I had to work on was to release that resentment because did not grow up in a very good household in some ways, but I'm not going to sit there and say it was all bad because it wasn't. Sure. But what, yeah. And it's the same thing with our three boys and knowing that two of them and you know, if I probably would have went to prison too, because it was a twelve year old that molested both my boys, and I had to step back as a parent because I was going to like, somebody tell him that a twelve year old does not innately know that.
1: Sure, yeah, so. a twelve year old is not by nature a predator. No, a twelve year old in a situation like that, a twelve year old is someone that's being abused themselves. And they don't exactly. know how to channel the emotion that they're dealing with. And so no. they, they do what's being done. To them. Right.
0: And learning at that stage of it, because we were right in the middle of it, and we did the things that you're supposed to do, take on the counseling. And this was back in the earlier, two, part of earlier 2000s. And then... Even though the mental health was really starting to, people were really starting to pay attention to that, they still didn't know the ramifications into adulthood and things like those. And sure. learning how to break those patterns and really understanding that some of the things that he was going through as a teenager, smoking, drinking, doing all the things that thought was normal teenage behavior in reality he was using that to mask all of the nightmares and all the things that was going through and one of the things we just recently talked about was learning how to forgive the people that hurt us it's so how did you how did you go through that and how did you learn how to forgive the people that hurt you
1: i i went back over my life which i think is one of the most therapeutic and profoundly healing things that somebody can do is to relive your life. And if you try to relive your life from the earliest memory till now, it's going to be a struggle, but there's this really unique method that the mind can employ that if you live your life in reverse, you can literally recall 90% of your life in a matter of minutes, 10 minutes if you go, before I was here, I was here. Before I was here, I was here. Before I was there, I was there. And you'll be able to recall your entire life. And then you go through and you isolate those moments where there were big events, either traumatic events, happy events, sad events in each of those segments of your life. So what I did is I went back through and I realized all the hurt that I have inflicted on people. I have robbed people. I have stabbed people. I've shot people. I have... I've done horrible, horrible things. I have stolen priceless things from people's homes that they may never be able to replace. I've caused pain that I don't even know that I've caused. By breaking into someone's house, I have violated their sense of safety, their sense of security. Children may have doubted their parents' ability to protect them. A wife may have doubted her husband's ability to protect their family. The father might have now doubted his ability to protect his family. I have potentially broken sacred familial bonds that exist within the structure of a home for greed. And I look back at it and I'm like, I felt like such a bad human being for it. And I wish against all hope that they would forgive me. And so when I look at how I wish to be forgiven by the people that I've violated and that I've done wrong to in the past, I, I, and and I, I don't know their names. I don't know who they are. I could never go to them and apologize. And I could never, I could never seek that forgiveness in person. I, I just, I hope beyond hope that they would forgive me. And if I wish to have that level of forgiveness from the people that I violated, I need to employ that level of forgiveness to people that have done me wrong because I can't expect someone to forgive me on a pure level if I'm not willing to forgive people on a pure level. And that includes myself, being forgiving to myself and kind to myself because we have done so many self-destructive things in our life. I am the king of self-sabotage. Not anymore. But I was the king of self-sabotage. Anytime something good's going in my life, I'm going to guarantee that I screw it up somehow and ruin my life. And so I have to forgive myself for that as well. I have to forgive myself the way I would want these people to forgive me. I have to forgive those who have done me wrong the way I would want these people to forgive me. And if I am incapable of forgiving anybody for anything that they've done to me, I cannot sit and expect someone to forgive me for what I've done. And all I want more than anything is the forgiveness of the people that I have violated and hurt. And so seeking that forgiveness from them, people has put me in a position where I have to forgive other people. And then when I do that, when I have forgiven and by forgiving, it means I don't think about it. I don't consider it. I don't hold a grudge. I can look you in the face and smile at you and give you a hug and wish you the best life in the world, even though you've done me wrong that's forgiveness. And that's what I would hope that I could receive from somebody else. Uh, And when I did that, I can't even describe to you the weight that it lifts off your shoulders and, and how much happier and free you feel internally. And, and it's the best decision I ever made.
0: And I think that leads to the next thing is it leads to an inner type of happiness because You've let go of all of that. You let go of that tremendous weight that keeps weighing you down. And we learn how to just give it over. We're going to like, we're saying, you know, it is what it is. And we're going to. I mean, there's,
1: but there's a systematic approach. You can, you can systematically write it down and then write out your solutions. This is the problem. Identify the problem that's bothering you and then write down what you can do about it. And I I promise you, once you write down what you can do about it, you might as well just throw the piece of paper away because it ultimately comes back to the fact that there's nothing you can do about it. Even if you exacted revenge, it still happened. It's still there. It's not going to take it away. Two wrongs don't make a right. Me doing something to somebody that violated me does nothing to change the fact that they violated me. So that's just an excuse. I'm just looking for an excuse to get rid of my pain or enact some kind of, of sadistic revenge on somebody. It's, it's pointless. And when we've learned that, and when we can lock that into our memory, into our minds, and we actually grasp the concept of that, that's where true freedom becomes a thing. That's where it's, it's, you just have internal freedom.
0: And I think it leads to, and I'm going to get, I know some people that listen to my podcast have heard me say this before, but 40,000 of your neurons that are in your heart is actually connected to your brain. When we actively forgive, it's feeling from in the heart, but it's also being communicated to the brain and vice versa. And when you are doing those you're rewiring how you think and how you see things and how you feel things. Right. And when you're doing that hard work, you're able to go through and say, this is building resiliency because now I know I have the tools to take control of my life because you're right. What's in the past is in the past. You can you not make it ever change that.
1: You make yeah. a habit out of, telling yourself that daily. And here's the thing. The 40,000 neurons that connect the heart to the brain. The heart does not send the signals to the brain. The brain sends the signals to the heart. And when we grasp that, we learn the simple fact. It's not an opinion. It's a fact you can control your emotions because this yes. dictates everything about the body. Everything. Yes. So your heart and the emotions that you feel can be controlled. Sure, now we don't know how to control them all every time. Sometimes we spontaneously break out in a crying fit. If we see something that moves us to tears, we cry. And sometimes it's uncontrollable. Sometimes you can't control it. But you can control how long it goes, right? Uh, And this is one of the things I do in my speeches. I smile, right? And I put this big smile. And look how infectious it is. You immediately smile. Just by saying the word smile and smiling, it's one of the most infectious things in the world. And when we are in a massive room filled with people and we talk about smiling and we smile, everybody in the room starts to smile because it's infectious. But we can then turn the conversation and say, now I want you to think about the saddest thing you've ever seen in your life. Think about it. Think visually, see it in your mind, the saddest thing that you've ever seen. And you will see all of those smiles disappear. And everybody in the room will have a song. It's tangible. You can feel in the air, the air of sadness. And what we have just done is choose how we're going to feel. We have chosen to smile, and then we chose to feel bad. That in and of itself is textbook proof we control our emotions. We can control how we feel. And I think that is the biggest nexus to freedom to internal freedom that people can acquire when you learn that you can control your emotion you can control yourself period
0: yeah and you're not wrong i mean it's it's been proven and um the heart math institute actually does prove that and they've been working on a lot of the things that are connected to the heart that a lot of people are going like, well, it's not science. And they're actually scientifically proving that it is. And when we take control of our emotions, you're then also breaking that cycle. When 100%. we're kids, as we're growing, our brains grow. And we're like literally sponges, literally. Absorbing and everything. Exactly. Exactly. And when you get older, you learn to start controlling those emotions. And when you don't have control over that, that's when you're going to see all of these behavioral issues because you don't have control over those.
1: Isn't it funny how people always say you can't control your emotions. You can't control the way you feel. Yet, then why don't you just spontaneously start laughing? I can't control how I feel. But you can choose to smile, and you can choose to laugh if you want. You can pop in a comedy and and laugh your ass off, right? That's a choice. So why is it that the only emotions we can't control are sadness and anger? We can control every other emotion, but we can't control these two? I don't think so.
0: Exactly. And I think at the base of it, a lot of anger issues is fear.
1: 100%.
0: Yeah. It's absolutely. And it's because, fair. yeah. And it's because we, it's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of what happens. Well, if I let this go, then what does my life look like? Because a lot of people that are still into that mindset of victimhood and into that mindset of staying right where they're at, they don't know how to let go. And it's people like us that have to stand right in front of them and say, look, you can't let it go. And here's how
1: the the unfortunate truth of it is a lot of people don't want to let go because it's something they have such a lack of self-worth that they're afraid of not feeling anything. There's a true lyric in songs of few songs that have said, I'd rather feel pain than nothing at all. And so a lot of people are afraid to not feel something. Double that with the fear of external perception. 99.9% of people on this planet don't make the decision and choices to be happy in life because of fear of someone else's judgment. It's it's 99% across the board. If you don't like your job, quit. But you don't quit your job because your spouse is going to get mad or your kids won't like it or your parents don't like it or your boss isn't going to like it. It's somebody else's perception. If you don't like your home, move. I can't move. I have kids. Move. The kids are going to go anyway. Whether It doesn't matter if they're happy or not. My job is not to ensure your happiness at all times. It's to ensure that your safe upbringing and your overall happiness in life. Not that you're happy with your current geographical location. They don't make the choice because of someone else's opinion. And when Mm -hmm. we learn that, It's not selfish. Self-care is not selfishness. We have to put ourselves first. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to make sure that we are mentally strong, mentally happy, emotionally strong, and emotionally happy. Because you cannot serve from an empty cup. No matter what. Mm -hmm. I cannot pour you a cup of this amazing Chuck Norris juice because it's gone. I can't give you any of it. I have to refill that in order to give it to you. So I have to put that glass first. I have to put the actual substance first before I can give it to you. And so if I'm an angry man, if I'm an angry father, if I hate my job, if I hate my location, it's going to come out in my everyday characteristic. I'm going to be a shitty father. I'm going to be a bad friend. I'm going to be a grumpy miser that's angry about everything that's going on in my life because I choose to remain in a place that makes me unhappy. It's that simple. It's a choice.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Everything in our life is a choice. Everything. And I know I get pushback on that sometimes when I say that. But everything we do in our life, you have a choice. You have a choice oh, well, to get up in the morning.
1: It, you do. And there's, uh, I, I've caught a, a handful of flack about it as well. Well, I didn't choose to be a victim. Well, I didn't choose to be a victim either. But Mm-mm. if I'm still a victim... That's my choice. Yeah. Right. The world and sometimes bad things happen. It's a part of the journey of life. We all have to experience it. Everybody has who's ever existed has had something tragic or something bad happen to them that they didn't want to happen. It's a part of life, and your choice is how you respond to it. Right? You exactly. sure it hurts, it sucks, it wasn't fair. That doesn't change the way that you respond to it. You still get to choose how you respond to it. Sure, it wasn't fair at five years old that my uncle starts molesting me. Not fair at all. Not my choice. Not fair. Not cool. Nothing about it was good. Right? Mm-hmm. But it's my choice how I view it now. It's my choice. If I choose to look back and say, ah, well, I'm, I'm just so devastated that he, this man is dead. He's not even alive. And I'm still going to allow his actions from 40 years ago to affect me? That's a choice. I'm choosing to do that.
0: right? Exactly. Okay. And it's, it's one of those, I want to say, it's a pivotal point in someone's life when you realize that you do have that choice. And I think to see that light bulb go off when they see that and they notice that, that it's almost like they can breathe when they realize that they have that choice, and it, you're right, everybody. System. Yeah, everybody is going to have something happen in their life.
1: Right. I've had is, quite it's a not few. Just about the ability to have the choice. It's also about making the conscious decision to choose kindness, because yeah. you can. One of the worst things that's ever happened to this world was Sonny Von Cleveland finding out that I had a choice that I didn't have to feel anything. And my kindness was not even on my radar. That's where it's dangerous because I learned at a very young age to block trauma, block pain. I was raped by two men. The first week I was in prison, I was 16 years old and I was raped by two men, very viciously raped and Instead of going into an inner shell and being this hurt, scared little boy, I knew I have to survive here in prison. So I stopped caring about everything. I stopped having a conscience. I consciously made the decision to stop caring about anything. And that turned me into one of the most violent, devastating versions of myself I have ever been. And it was not good. I hurt everybody in my path because I didn't choose Kindness. It wasn't until I learned about kindness and the effect on the world of kindness that I was able to then choose to be kind in everything. Anything that happens to me in my life, I choose to be kind in response. Kindness first, and then we'll figure the rest out. And then in that moment, that's when the, the universe just opens. It opened up to me and everything in my life has gone progressively upwards and As far as happiness and fulfillment and joy and everything in my life. And, and I've taken devastating blows even after I've gotten out of prison. My life wasn't an easy cakewalk after doing 18 years in prison. It's not like I just got out and mm-hmm. snapped my finger and this guy's a motivational speaker and <laughs> life is great. It did not work that way. I started a band. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with a treacherous Uh, A woman who is my ex who has my five-year-old that I haven't seen since he was two years old is as good of a person I am. I do nothing but put good into the world. And this human being declares that I am unfit to see my son, that I am not good for him, that I cannot be a part of his life, even though I've spent $20,000 in court costs just to try to see his face and didn't even get that far. And so, again, it's my response To that scenario, I can choose to allow those circumstances to make me an evil, spiteful person, or I can choose kindness. She's angry. She doesn't know what she's doing because she's unworthy. She doesn't feel worthy herself. She's not a happy human being, and she doesn't know any other way to take her narcissistic pain out except on me. As a narcissist, you... She's incapable of seeing her flaw, of seeing what's wrong. She is right, no matter how you look at it. I don't care if it's a judge, a cop, me, anybody else. She's right. Everybody else is wrong, period. Because she lacks the cognitive awareness to see that what she's doing is causing pain. And so from the from the respect of kindness, I get it. And that's why I'm able to forgive my uncle. Turns out my uncle was being molested his whole life by my grandfather. Right? He didn't know any better either. And so while I don't excuse or justify his behavior, it makes it easier for me to let it go. And it makes it easier for me to forgive because at one point he was an innocent little boy who had his trust and hopes shattered by the man that he calls father. Right. And so if you think about how traumatic that has to be for a a young boy, that your father is molesting you your whole life, it makes it easier for me to forgive the man, right? I don't want you a part of my life. I don't want anything to do with you. I'm not mad at you, but I I forgive you. I hope you have nothing but the best and happiest in life. And and you know, you tie all those things together and I think that's where your your freedom of conscience comes from.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's um it's definitely a hard ride to get there sometimes. And I, I'm amazed that you took all of that and turned everything around and turned it into something to where people can hear it and people can understand it and listen. And plus you got a book coming out. So tell us when that release date is,
1: uh, it is September 1st. You can pre-order the ebook now on amazon.com. Uh, the book is called Hey White Boy Conversations of Redemption. Uh, and it dropped September 1st, Anywhere Books Are Sold. Well, I don't know if it, Anywhere Books Are Sold, but it's on Amazon. Uh, I'm doing my best to promote the book now so that we can try to get it into like Barnes and & Nobles. And, and both my wife and I are both not uh, familiar with the whole publishing arena. We've chose to self-publish because publishing companies are, that I mean, they take, what do you get, 10% of your book sales? And we've put in some hard work into this. Uh, and, and we've chose to, uh, self-publish. We've, we've uh, built our own companies out here. Uh, it's called anywhere with you, LLC, uh, and our publishing company is anywhere with you publishing. And yeah, we've chose to, uh, do it ourselves. We also own a cat cafe. That was uh, the first thing we did out here. We built a cat cafe in the Coachella Valley.
0: That is cool.
1: It is pretty rewarding.
0: I have to say, so Cat Cafe, I'm assuming there's cats and coffee?
1: There is. It's a coffee shop that has, uh, we're a partner with the Palm Springs Animal Shelter, uh, which is, we have a no-kill shelter um, in which we we don't like killing animals. I don't, I think it's wrong. Uh, And we've done 62 adoptions since we opened in December. So we've gotten a lot of cats into a lot of homes. Uh, And we get them out of the shelter. So it's a coffee shop, but we have a 500 square foot mid-century modern style lounge uh, that we have up to 12 cats in there at any one time. Uh, They just get to live in peace and and happiness and they get treats and cuddles all day. People come in and grab coffee and then go do a session and hang out with cats for an hour. And and then if somebody falls in love with a cat, they can adopt it.
0: Or does the cat pick the human?
1: Those That's what happens. <laughs> That's what happens. The cats do pick the owners. Uh, but we do. We're very active on social media. Uh, you can look up Frisky Business Cat Cafe or Frisky. Bi- Please, whatever you do, put Cat Cafe on there. If you just look up Frisky Business, we did not consider that when naming the place. If you just look up Frisky Business, I am not responsible for what happened. <laughs> Frisky business cat cafe. (laughs) Look it up. Uh, So you don't
0: have a fans only frisky business website.
1: Well, we do have (laughs) only felines (laughs) though. Yeah, it's an only felines. Uh, No, we're big into the cat game uh, and we, we absolutely love, love what we do. We, we are both adamant about kindness and community. And, and that's what we do. We build a place. We do events every Friday. We have movie nights, book clubs, um, we're getting ready to start cat yoga, uh, meditation oh. mornings, and, and these wonderful things because we're just about community. And you see the effect when you when you live this lifestyle and just live through kindness. You see the effect that has on community. Recently, about two and a half weeks ago now, our AC unit blew on the top of our roof in the middle of the day. And we live in the desert. all right? So it's 120 degrees out. And the AC blew out. And the response from the community was just so overwhelming that it was the first time we realized what significant impact we're having on our community. We raised over $20,000 in less than 48 hours. Uh, The community came out with AC units, swamp coolers, fans, buckets of ice, beds, and everything to make sure that these cats were safe because we're we're setting our flag here. We are going to stay at Frisky business with these cats to ensure their safety. If it gets too hot for us, then it's too hot for the cats. So we're going to stay. And then it did get too hot. The AC took a final dump, even with all the swamp coolers, the swamp coolers and AC units started to make it really muggy uh, and it got too much. And we knew we had to relocate the cats. So our, coffee roaster coachella valley coffee called up and said you can take them to my new warehouse we're not fully in yet but it's air conditioned and you can stash the cats in the warehouse so we coordinated with the animal shelter and operation cool cats was a success we moved all the cats to a warehouse where we stayed with the cats uh and then brought them all back on tuesday when the air uh, the ac unit was fixed and it turned out to be just such an inspiring event. It's actually, my wife wrote a children's book based on it now. She's in the works writing that now and getting it illustrated. Uh, and it's it's amazing how the community came together. It did such a strong thing. People have become lifelong friends because of it. People that didn't know each other came together to help us and met and became lifelong friends. So it's just it's cultivating an air of kindness and community, and that's what we're all about.
0: And that's what I love. I think when people when we started talking about the community of incarcerated loved ones, a lot of people don't realize the huge support community that is out there. And there is a very anybody, big, big. it is huge. And anyone listening that if you've been through that and if your loved ones are not supporting you reach out to me because yeah. there is Community, we will support each other. If you just need to talk, I'm here because everybody there are, deserves to have somebody.
1: There are some amazing, amazing men and women that are incarcerated. So, so amazing exactly. talent. I I still have a buddy of mine that's that's doing thirty years. He's got five to go. He's been in there for twenty five years. He's earned his bachelor's degree. Now he's working on his master's degree. He's gotten college programs incorporated in the Michigan Department of Corrections. And all because of an accident. He was 15 years old playing with his sister and and their dad's gun. And he shot her and killed her and would not plead guilty to murder. He said, I did not murder my sister. It was an accident. So they offered him 10 years. Take 10 years. Plead guilty to murder. We'll give you 10 years. And he said, no, I'm not going to plead guilty to murdering my sister. I didn't murder her. It was an accident. And they gave him 30. Found him guilty and gave him 30 years. And this man is such a blessing to the earth. But he's, he's stuck in a cage. They won't let him out. Uh, and he's still got, you know, five years to go. And we're doing our best to get him out. But there are so many organizations that help to, especially here in California. We have the Anti-Recidivism Coalition, which I'm a reentry coach for. We do ride home programs where we go pick up inmates from prison and drive them home uh, and stop and get them their first meal, get them some clothing, show them how phones work, show them how debit cards work, because it can be such a traumatic transition from incarceration to freedom because the clock stops. And and you can feel like a caveman, uh, and I think that having someone in that experiential role is so significant for somebody that just got out. I've done one myself, and I'm still in touch with the kid uh, that I did the ride home with, and I've become a coach to this kid, and it's in, it's amazing the impact. So the Anti Recidivism Coalition, the Homeboys Industries. Uh, Mike's killer bread or Dave's killer bread. One of the two, the guy did a, oh, a yeah. murder charge and, got out yes. and started his own bread company in, in which he employs ex-convicts. Yeah. The, this is a thing. There is a lot of support. So to get out and to continue the recidivism statistic is, is a choice. You're choosing to do that again. Everything in life comes down to choice and, yeah. and, and there's, there's no excuse to fail. Failure is not an option. And if you are anybody that's going through that, you can even put my phone number out here. It's 216-644-8198. Call me. I will help you. (laughs) right. That's what we did. I'm a student of the Stoics. Epictetus said humans were made for the sake of each other, either teach or tolerate. That's it. You either tolerate or teach people. And I'm I'm here to help.
0: Sonny, it has been a freaking awesome conversation. Thank you so
1: much. It's been an absolute pleasure to you. have
0: you back on again because
1: I, would love to. I
0: think this we need to talk more about people Thanks. that are going through the things that you're going through, how you dealt with them. And people need to see that when you come out on the other side, that you're successful, you can be successful. You just you are not defined your mind by your it.
1: past. At all, exactly. They told me the best that I could hope for when I got out. I remember having the distinct conversation with an A. Russ, which is an assistant resident unit supervisor, that they saw that I had lined up a job with the union doing demolition uh, because of my ex-wife and said, be thankful and hold that. Because as a 35-time convicted felon and, and 18 years in prison, the best you could hope for would be a supervisory position in that company. And I don't accept that. I don't accept that at all. Your life is how you choose it. My friends now, my circle of influence, and I cannot stress more how important it is to people you keep around you. You are who you surround yourself with. Uh, Have that boundary. And my friends now, my social circle are chiefs of police, lawyers, judges. I play pickleball with ex-federal judges. I, (laughs) I, I surround myself with these good, positive people in my life, and we do good, positive things. And that, too, is a choice, right? You're yeah. not defined by your past, no matter what. No. Choose today. Choose kindness. Choose the choice effect. Do it.
0: Sunny, that's awesome. And that's a good way to end it. So Sounds those of good. you that know who I'll sign off, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, you are loved, you are the beacon of hope, and you are unstoppable. What she said. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Like this podcast. Do me a favor and share among your friends and your family. Let's get this podcast to grow. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And I also have a website. You are loved.